It's the mid-1900s, and tuberculosis has struck all around the nation. Those suffering are sent to the outskirts of towns to specialized facilities, hoping some fresh air may bring them healing, or for the less fortunate, some final peace. At one of these North Dakota facilities, a young patient looks forward to visits from her mother, but always mourns her departure, not knowing when, or if, she'll see her again. But she can be sure that her favorite nurse will always come by to cheer her right back up again. Time passes, and the young girl was one of the fortunate ones, free from sickness and ready to leave for home once more. But she has one last request. She wanted to thank the nurse that kept her company in the times her mother was away. There was just one problem. There had never been a nurse there by that name. And as the girl left, she turned to face the building one last time, only to see an empty, crumbling shell of its former self. A brick pillar collapses behind her as she leaves behind the grounds of the San Haven Sanatorium. Hello, you are listening to Or So They Say, the podcast where two sisters travel small town America, one ghostly tale at a time. I'm Kelsey. And I brought you frankincense. <laughs> and murder. Oh, thank you. Murder. <gasps> Judas. Oh, I'm so glad gosh. you got <laughs> No, I, it's a podcast that I listened to. They were, I meant to show you it before we started recording, actually. I'm they Megan, were talking about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they were talking about, so they're, I believe that they, they are Nigerian and they're talking about like how Nigerians say things as opposed to, instead of saying like, uh, you, he's not trustworthy. It's, they were like, my, my Nigerian friend says, uh, there's 12 or out of 12, there's gotta be a Judas or something like that. That's how he said that the person wasn't trustworthy. Uh, I can't remember. I, I hope I liked it. Cause I wanted to show you, watch it be gone now and I'll be devastated. Heck I was watching a uh, TikTok earlier where it was an English guy who was trying <clears throat> from the UK trying to say murderer? Mm-hmm. He's like, that is probably the hardest word to say in an American accent. And he's like, and it's crazy because we we made the language for you. Like yeah. America, y- y'all, it's from us. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but saying murderer. He's like, I keep adding extra errors and I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I feel as an American trying to say the American word brewery. Oh, brewery. I can't. We had this conversation because there. I'm going do, to. You gotta do tiny lips. Brewery. Brewery. Yeah. <laughs> control. Make your lips small. Brewery. Well, I'm supposed to go to a brewer. Brewer. Brewery. Okay. This this is genuine. Like I'm not even trying to be overdramatic. I can't say the word brewery. So okay. <laughs> I'm supposed to go to one this weekend. So I got to learn fast. I don't like saying the word roll. Rural. Rural. Oh. I say I just say roll. I thought you said roll. I do. That's I said what I, I said. do like rolls. No, that's a silly r- thing to roll. not like. Well, anyway, it's um, all the R words. I well, I had a problem with my R's. So well, whoops, Daisy. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on this weekend. We got all heated about Oscar talk yeah, before I know. this. God, we were talking about the snubs, just snub after snub on of the, the Barbie, Barbie movie. Yeah, I saw a post. I didn't realize I saw a post that was like. Greta Gerwig didn't get, didn't win an Oscar. Margot Robbie didn't win an Oscar. Ryan Gosling won an Oscar. That is the plot of Barbie. Yeah. Some, Ryan Gosling 
made it sound like they weren't even nominated, though. That's you were reading it, and I. There's no way. I'm sorry, but there is no way. I don't pay nominated. that close attention. I apparently don't either. But uh, <laughs> anyway, oh so sakes. for those of you that didn't know, because I didn't know until right before we started recording, uh, of everybody in the movie, the Barbie movie and the Barbie movie itself that won an award, it was mm-hmm. the man. So yep. if you've seen the Barbie movie, you know that is in fact that that is the plot it's- of Barbie. Life imitating art imitating life. Yes, it's not even, and that's not even over dramatic. That's the truth. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, well, anyway, but then we also got revved up talking about. I don't know what were you talking about. Oh, yeah, just like trying to get ourselves geared up for the year, basically. I'll tell you what got me going. Just what got me just geared and ready to go was I I was just telling Kelsey before we hit record I for whatever reason I don't know if th- I, I don't know if this is a type B thing that we do but I use my uh, don't note. say we who's type B my note app yeah are you type B are you type A I thought so I thought type A was like very meticulous very it- like it projects itself in different ways, I'm sure. I would okay. say yes. I I thought I was type A. This is not giving type A energy. Stop. That's what I said. <laughs> it can manifest in different ways. Okay. My Whatever. cleanliness is not one of them. Leave me alone. You know what? I'll go the safer route. I don't know if it's a Libra thing, but I use my there notes app uh, on my iPhone. I don't know what the equivalent would be on Android, but where you can just dump your thoughts out and your everything They're where so you embarrassing. where you write out text messages before you send the text messages because that's the kind of person i am or win <laughs> arguments that you'll never actually have oh yeah anyway my notes go all the way back to 2014 and girl i shouldn't have gone back that far but i did go back to 2020 mm-hmm. and i read our podcast notes about when we were starting and like possible intro ideas which i feel like we've talked about this a lot recently but know, it just keeps yeah. showing up for some reason yeah. Yes. But one of the things I came across was the super intricate intros we used to write, which I know we've been like slack, immediately slacked. We didn't get an intro on this last episode. I know. Um, Whoops-a-daisy. There's still time time to change it. Oh, in the last two episodes. But I feel like I we have time to like sit and think about one for this episode. And hopefully that doesn't come to bite me back in the butt. No, we've, we've got time. We're surprisingly recording this more in advance than usual. And yes, quite. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's what got, that's what has me like just, yeah. Fired up. Yeah. Ready to go. I we'll was reading. Happens. If you go back and listen to our Tunnelton episode, that intro. Wow. There's one that I mean, we used to talk about like, Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> We used to involve like uh, sound effects. There was one we imitated a gunshot. Oh, and I had friends text me that oh, Thursday gosh, it came out and yeah. they're like, I hate you. Yeah, like, one of my friends was like, I was driving. Almost and beat my pants. Yeah, it was too real. Again, Oscars. Should have had a trigger on that maybe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, anyway. Yeah, we also did like a door slamming. What? No, it was the imitation of the a noise we thought a body would sound like falling out of a ceiling hitting the floor. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even remember. Remember I dropped the books and we like tried. Yeah. Like in distance. Slamming a book. And... We're, we are not made of money. I could I could buy sound effects. Oh, yeah. I have, have done that for things in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those we wanted to be really um, genuine. Yeah. Authentic. And I'm sorry. I'm not going to throw my body on this floor. <laughs> I can't watch I'm this just whole gonna... house crumble. <laughs> The foundation is um, 
<laughs> Sorry, I've got something in my throat, so hopefully that doesn't happen too much. Well, I go first, so that gives your voice some time a to A lot rest. of time to sit here and go... <clears throat> because <laughs> this week, uh, we mentioned that we were going to be in North Dakota. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And I'm like, what's in North Dakota? And actually, I remembered when I was looking at places to cover, I recognized our location we covered last time. It was the Harvey Public Library. Yes. Okay. I guess I don't. I just immediately saw it and said, oh, yeah. Because I said, "Uh uh-oh, I hope we don't, I don't pick the same place again. Mm -hmm. And so I went back to look and I didn't even have to because when I was researching, I said, I'm pretty sure we covered that. And we did. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. But this week, we are going to be in Dunseith. Is how you pronounce it? Uh, God. I feel like I've heard it. I've heard Dunseith or Dunseith. Yeah. Dunseith. I have done. It's like D-U-N Keith with an S. <laughs> well, ndtourism.com put in parentheses done Seath. Okay. So. Phonetics. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes All yes. right. So we're in Dunseith. And yes, last week we were in the largest city imaginable in the United States. <laughs> Quite literally. And so in some places, the world. We are going back to our small town roots. Ooh. Good, 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 good. Because the last census uh of dunseith had their population at how many four thousand no no oh, poop no 400 close 696 oh. <laughs> people okay <laughs> so um and i think it's increasing it was increasing by like 13 percent. and i said good which for is you. Like, like 10 people. people yeah pretty much um the median age of dunseith is 35.9 years old just call it 36 weird 36 okay yeah now, I the information I got from a couple different websites as far as like demographics and stuff. Um, it said so. It this isn't our normal breakdown, but from what I gathered, as far as like the age, like for men and women, where what yeah, makes that average ha- age? Yeah, most men the town in the town fell around the thirty-five to thirty-nine years old. Okay. Most of the women, it was a tie. I mean, it was like by four people was the difference. It was a tie between five to nine-year-old girls and 70 to 74-year-old women. (laughs) (laughs) So. uh, That kind of gives me the ick. What in the world? Right. And then like over 100, it was like 160 men in the town fall between 35 and 39. But then 100 and. 14 and 111 or between five and nine so we're looking at around 400 people you're the only 200 people left and they and we haven't included younger men older men and middle-aged women yeah huh weird right? the math ain't and there's a lot of little kids i mean there's over a hundred little girls between the ages five and nine so someone's having children and there were not 160 women in the 35 to 39 range so those men are marrying young girls is my guess young women Mm, yeah women yes no yeah hopefully Mm -hmm. every state has different laws Mm-hmm. Uh, and different rules. So they could, in fact, be, call it like you see it, children. Could. Some people out in this world are marrying children and don't try to sugarcoat it. Or, you know, we don't have to get crazy here. There's not as many women in the 35 to 39 range, but they could be a family with eight kids, for all we know. I mean, honestly, I, I, V 
being very presumptuous here, but like, I don't know much about North Dakota, but something around that area of the Americas. <laughs> gives you guys me, are giving off a weird vibe. You're giving me it. vibes of like, you have little communes. Like, oh my uh, God. Yeah, there's like minimum, minimum eight people to a house kind of deal. Excellent. Yeah. I did not get that far. The oh, racial know. breakdown of this town mm-hmm. may surprise you. It may. Click the link to find more. Okay. Shut um, up. God. <laughs> I hate clickbait stuff, and I get it all the time. I do it all the time. Do you want to guess the racial s- breakdown of this okay, town? Okay, it's mostly white, but n- by a hair? No. Incorrect. Here's what I know. <laughs> Here's what I know about Dunseith, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but they are 10 miles away from the Canadian border, mm-hmm. so I don't know if that throws off demographics at all, uh, but I'm not going to guess then if that's the case. The racial breakdown is 76.4% American Indian and Alaska Native. I almost, I had the N, I almost said the N word. I'm oh a Native God. American. Yeah. God. Uh, and that's non-Hispanic. And so 76.4%. Oh, that I, that really does track. And Silly then, me for being on the racial binary. 23.6% white non-Hispanic. Now, if your math is mathing... That's a hundred percent. Yes. That's it. Ah. There's white people and there's Alaska Native. Ah. That I don't know if we'll see that one again. I know. That's why I said, huh. I was really confused. Very I diverse. said the pie chart is just two pieces of pie. That's it. <laughs> I would like the native pie piece, please. <laughs> That's what you're getting mostly. The poverty rate in this town, which I'm kicking myself in the butt now because I wanted to pull up the national av- updated national average since it's 2024. Mm-hmm. I want to see what it's been updated to. Yeah. I didn't do that. I want to say it fell around 12%. Oh, so it's dropped. I think so. Okay. Um, which I guess after COVID, you know, we're coming back from COVID. I could see employment going back up. Yes. Yeah. So which poverty, but employment does not make a low poverty rate. We have found. Oh, no. Um, So I guess that may have uh, whatever. Anyway, the poverty rate in this town is 23.7%. Okay. Pretty rough. Yeah. uh, But that's also, I mean, that's almost a quarter of the town. And that's going to be a quarter of the working age people. Mm-hmm. So, which we know is not at least 200. <laughs> right. The median household income is $50,855. Okay. The median gross rent in this town is $618. Nice. I was going to guess seven. You know what? And you, you can rent or buy. It's not, well, let me back backtrack here. The median property value in this town is 44000 Jeez Louise. So are we, but is there a lot of land parcels? Yeah. I decided to look up the houses for sale in Dunseith. I love, man, I love looking up houses that Brought I'm never going to buy. Brought to you by Realtor.com. All right. There is a single home for sale in the town of Dunseith. Dunseith, by the way, if you look on a map, is a perfect square. The town parameters, Square. Boom. Wonderful. Just right there. Um, there's a single home. And I'll tell you why this is skewed so horribly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this house, it is four bedrooms. I, minimum eight person household, I told you. <laughs> Three bath. Uh-huh. 1,800 square feet. I don't know why that uh-huh was so loud mm-hmm. and boisterous. 1,800 square feet. Yes. On 
456 God, acres. Jesus. Acres, acres. That's so <laughs> many acres. It's right outside like a wildlife thing. Like you, your yard pretty much, like your property line just goes into Dunseith. a wildlife preserve. It is Dunseith. It's a good chunk of Dunseith yes. because Dunseith is one square mile. How Period. Ma- how many acres? Oh God, I'm going to, I'll figure this out later. But that's an <laughs> awful lot. This house, unfortunately, if you're like, wow, my family of 10 could really use that home, it's pending, unfortunately, at a cool $1.375 million. But you know that home is a modular home that's looking like tacky at best. Oh, my God. Like, I hate to be that person, but homes with like lots of acreage, not even that much acreage, Mm -hmm. the homes look like, I mean, because I love love HGTV people who are like... (laughs) I want a farmhouse chic. And I'm like, have you ever been in a farmhouse? Because go walk in that house and I guarantee you'll change your mind. Have you ever milked a cow? <laughs> have you ever plucked a chicken? Like, no, 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 no. How many acres are in a square mile? Oh my gosh. How many? No. How many acres does that? 456. 456 in a square mile is 640 acres. You're buying Dunseith. You're buying Dunseith, <laughs> yes. I'm guessing the property line goes into another town, quote unquote, maybe like an unincorporated township or something on the it's outside. It's got to because Has at to. this point you've left... Um, 200 n- No, 100, 190 acres or something like that. Well, that would be about 200 acres. Shush. No, okay. <laughs> I'm not good at math. How many acres did you say that it was? 456. Okay. 456. 184 mm-hmm. acres remaining oh, for, right. for 600 <laughs> some odd people. For 686 if you take that family of 10 who's yes. moving into Dunseith. God. They're going to employ the other half of Dunseith, so. Oh, yeah. They're. I can't. Imagine keeping. Oh, Lord. Lord in heaven. Well, and you know what? They could have. Now, now. They could have properties that they are renting on their land, and that can be some of the homes. I just can't imagine. Granted, the West, I'm sure, is different. But I cannot imagine 456 acres of nothing. It's intense. Of lawless land. All right. So I have a lot of history. So let's go. Let's do this. Okay. Jeez. From ndtourism.com, Dunseith was platted in 1882. The town is named for Jeanette Dunseith Eaton, who was the mother of the town's founder, William Eaton. A post office has been in operation in Dunseith since 1884. So two years. I mean, that's the first thing you got to start. It's been operating that entire time. That's wild. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I, yeah. The city was incorporated in 1908. Dunseith, and I don't know how, there's a little bloop above the U and the I. Dunseith is a Gaelic word meaning city of peace. From hmm. the word uh, English word "dun" meaning fortress, and the word "sith" meaning peace. Oh, wow! Or scythe seeth. I don't. Scythe sounds like anything but peace. But mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah, like the Sith, like, like Star Wars, like the <laughs> Reaper. <laughs> it is fitting that Dunseith is the gateway to the International Peace Gardens, located just fourteen miles north. Which so is it's in like, Canada. That there's a lot of. Probably. Because it says it's 10 miles from the Canadian border. Mm-hmm. Unless they're measuring from like the bottom of Dunn's. I 
the center of whatever. Who knows? Uh, hello. Oh, visit visit the stunning International Peace Garden with two thousand three hundred acres of nature's beauty. That's crazy. There's freshwater lakes, scenic hiking, and driving trails, wildflowers, and wildlife. Enjoy a round of golf. Check out the massive wheel. It's not wheel. It's W apostrophe E E L. The wheel turtle sculpture and relax in the nearby campgrounds. I'm sure I'm I butchered. Yeah, I is. don't. I can't wrap my head around it, so it's fine. That turtle sculpture is crazy, by the way. I don't know what it's made <laughs> out, but it's a big turtle. Oh, okay. <laughs> now this is coming. This is some dry stuff, but I will. I. I shopped away at this, so we just got the important bits because okay. there was a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. And it's coming from history.nd.gov. No, not the .gov. Why don't we like the .govs? Oh, it's the dry part. Oh, yes, it is. Okay. So I'm going to zhuzh it up as much as I can. There's, I, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. So North Dakota, no, we're already done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> North Dakota law created the North Dakota tuberculosis. Oh, I guess I should stop. Why did I say tuberculosis? <laughs> so I've talked about the town. <laughs> Where are we going? We are going to, if you can read on your whatever streaming service you're using, we are in the San Haven Sanatorium Terrium in Dunseeth, North Dakota. <laughs> yeah, the, the big reveal yeah. 15 minutes in. We haven't done a, a nice um, sanitarium in a while, so. No, we haven't. And are you going to discuss now or later? Because I was curious oh. because I heard it being said interchangeably sanitarium and sanatorium. And it made me mad that I didn't think. Because here I hear sanatorium. That's what I hear mostly. Mm-hmm. And they were insistent on sanitarium. So I was like, well, what is the difference? The difference was written in this .gov website. I erased it out because I said, well, I'm not going to forget that because that's dumb as sin. Because mm-hmm. I looked it up and there are there are lots of sites that are like, there is no difference. It's interchangeable. There are lots of sites that are, uh, say that one is more for, for like holistic healing and it had like spas and treatment, stuff like that. And then the other one was for like, you know, sick people. The .gov just said that it's a dialect how do you spell gray with an a or an e neither one's wrong okay so well i need to know which one of those is right because that also bothers me i think the way for the color e for a name what it is what i've been what what i understand (laughs) is that a is american and e is european oh for gray yeah. Yeah, in my mind A is for the color, E is for a name. Like if you were to order an Earl Grey tea here, it's spelled gray. And then <laughs> if you order it in the UK, it's gray. Oh. Earl Grey. When you started to say you're like, "Well, what it is, ho. What's up?" <laughs> no. That's like that's all I could think of. <laughs> and not the new I know the new song, but I'm thinking of like the original. Yeah, that OG. Yeah. All right, so now you know. Now I can drop the big T word. (laughs) TB. Yeah, North Dakota law created the North Dakota Tuberculosis Sanitarium in 1909 to care for persons afflicted with tuberculosis. 
1911, the governing board chose Dunseeth in Rollick County as the home for this facility. And I cut this out, but it mostly had to do with the fact of the air Lots quality, air. open yeah. open land. It was like most uh, favorable for people with tuberculosis to, to put them outside and let them get Put them to pasture. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this very much gave me waverly vibes Mm -hmm. like in even in the way that it looks kind of do now (laughs) yeah i mean like i feel like these are all kind of the same it's a very large building with lots of open windows Mm -hmm. and balconies and stuff because they thought then that the the cure was some fresh air some sunlight we know that's not true now (laughs) not nothing well no no i was like what i mean it was helpful at the time yeah you can only do so much with what you had yeah So in 1969, we're jumping ahead 60 years, the director of institutions became the administrator, and in 1973, it became a division of the Grafton State School. So Grafton School, essentially, it was a school for um, mentally handicapped, I forget what it was called at the time, but Mm -hmm. um, it was just for the mentally mentally disabled, impaired, whatever. Yeah. I'm sorry if that's wrong. Um. Patients from Grafton and other institutions were transferred to the Sanhaven facility in the late 1950s. And in 1957, a building was remodeled to include the developmentally disabled and the elderly. So we're branching out. We're doing, Mm -hmm. it seems to be doing well. Kind of. We'll get to it. Okay. A mental health authority within the state health department was established. I don't know when. I guess I got that. The section of Sanhaven that housed the school for the feeble-minded was under the authority of the Grafton State School. The 1961 legislature legislature authorized the Board of Administration to transfer patients from Grafton State School to Sanhaven. In the 1960s, the Grafton State School, like other U.S. facilities of developmentally disabled, reached a peak population of 1,300 who were served daily at the facilities of Grafton and the school at San Haven. Which is like, you know, double the current uh, population. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. In 1971, the North Dakota Tuberculosis Sanitarium was See, referred to it did change it they did change the name right on, like on paper from sanitarium to torium so it ended as torium which i feel like is what led people to believe that it had different meanings because another one that i saw was like sanitarium sounds a lot like sanitary which mm-hmm. is like um cleanliness like they basically said like that's the hospital type of sanitarium and sanatorium is the more laid back one but also i saw um information saying the exact opposite thing yeah it's if you actually break down the word sanitarium torium it's with health or something i forget what it means exactly so it was just funny because someone's like it definitely means this because yeah one is for sick people one is just for holistic healing and then they're like just kidding it's the other way around so i don't know well, in 1971, North Dakota Tuberculosis Sanatorium was then ref- was referred to as San Haven State Hospital. So now take on the San Haven name. Several legislative changes took place in 1973, and San Haven became a division of the Grafton State School. However, San Haven continued to treat patients with tuberculosis. Mm-hmm. So it was mostly focused on these kids with developmental disabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Like 
1973, the director of institutions was, was authorized to discontinue operations at the tuberculosis sanatorium and was to transfer responsibility for the care of the patients with tuberculosis to the State Department of Health. So they're trying to cut that out altogether now in, mm-hmm. the, in the 70s. Like, right. that's doesn't feel like that long ago but yeah it doesn't a new section of the century code related to new methods of care for persons with tuberculosis the state health officer sorry (laughs) there's an r on the end of that under the guidelines of the state health council was responsible for the care of patients the care of those with tuberculosis at san haven was phased out and the san haven facility was to only provide custodial care for the developmentally disabled now, here I had to change some wording. I understand this is the the legal name of this company, which there is a local company that had the same word in its name, the R word, uh, to describe people with mental oh. slowness. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the R word was used in the company's name, and we had one here, too, that ha- used the R word, and they ended up renaming it... Uh, I'd say in the last five years, to, instead what? of using the R word, they changed it to remarkable citizens instead of R word citizens. Here in Terre Haute. Yes. In, in the area, yes. I'll tell you the name of it after, but uh, I don't want to call it. But that, that was actually pretty standard, it seems, because it says that state resources did not cover all the costs for maintaining the facilities at San Haven, and questions concerning the adequate care of the developmentally disabled arose. Like I said, they brought in all these people, but were they being taken care of? Uh, that is always that is always the question, and the answer is always not really. Yeah. Well, this brought about a lawsuit in 1980, and it was between the North Dakota Association for R-Word Citizens, or they called it ARC for short, mm-hmm. uh, now renamed as of today, North Dakota Association for the Disabled. So they okay. took that out. Um, That's It just feels so insensitive. It, it feels uh, so I, bad. I hated it because the place I work, I had to see the name of that business and I wouldn't say it. I was just like, um, and thankfully they're like, it's ARC. We call it ARC, Association for R-Word Citizens, ARC. And I said, well, thank God for that because, and they end up, I mean, I remember having a talk with the, not owner, but someone with the business that's like, we are changing it. Don't worry. I said, phew. Wonderful. Thank goodness. Um, Just why did it take so long? mm -hmm. Oh, my God. This is 1980. I don't know when the name changed. But the lawsuit was between North Dakota ARC and the state of North Dakota. The court ordered changes, modernized the custodial system, and gave the developmentally disabled residents an opportunity to live in their own communities. Okay. So they did win. In December of 1987, San Haven State Hospital closed officially. The facility stood vacant until... No, it became vacant in 1989. And then in 1992, the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Tribe purchased from the state of North Dakota the San Haven property. And that is who owns it today. It's the Chippewa Tribe. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's the dry stuff. Shoo. I, hopefully I made it. It wasn't too bad. Okay. Thank goodness. Now this is coming from a link that I forgot to um, cite. But it was some web... Uh, it was like the Herald... It was a newspaper, local newspaper. Mm -hmm. Okay, I scrolled too far. It says, The San Haven Sanatorium, now abandoned and crumbling in the hills of Turtle Mountains, is rumored by paranormal enthusiasts to be haunted. Mm -hmm. 
Left to the elements, the decaying buildings are a popular spot for urban explorers and paranormal investigators. Yay, the stuff we want to hear. Mm -hmm. The site was even featured in an episode of, you guessed it, Ghost Ghost Adventures. Adventures. Yay, which is a travel channel show. You didn't have to tell us. The episode called Dakota's Sanatorium of Death (laughs) portrayed the property as a dark, creepy place where Satan worshippers gathered and hold rituals. That is such an old tropey thing that we have got to let go. Mm -hmm. My Mm -hmm. gosh. Today, because the site is owned by the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians, exploring the grounds and buildings of Sandhaven is considered trespassing. So do not just go walking on the grounds correct there are certain avenues you have to take that it can be investigated but you need to go the right way about it because um i'll actually i'm covering it right now the in september of 2021 so three no not even three years ago Mm -hmm. like two and a half years ago the Rollett County Sheriff's Office blocked off the entrance to San Haven with police tape and announced on Facebook the property poses a, quote, increasing health and safety risk. Anyone caught at San Haven could be charged with criminal trespass, a Class B misdemeanor. Mm-hmm. The crumbling ruins of the buildings have already claimed the life of one person since it was abandoned. And that was in 2001, a 17-year-old exploring San Haven fell down an elevator shaft and died. That's so scary. Mm-hmm. So do not go Gosh, exploring scary. thinking you're cool and investigating. No. Because no. that's terrifying. I didn't look up like the news article or the obituary or anything, but like, yikes, you know? Mm-hmm. But what exactly happened at San Haven Sanatorium? And do the ghosts of its past inhabitants allegedly still linger in its buildings? The question we all want to know. We know that sanatoriums and their living conditions weren't the best. That just kind of seems like the par. A given, yeah. Yeah. Um, The first patients arrived in 1912 when there was no cure for tuberculosis, often called consumption. (laughs) A North Dakota law was passed in 1909 that created San Haven Sanatorium, which was originally called the North Dakota Tuberculosis Sanitarium. According to the State Historical Society of North Dakota, the facility's governing board chose a location near Dunseeth uh, in the Turtle Mountains because of its altitude, less snowfall, drier atmosphere, and it was favorable for those tuberculosis patients. Mm-hmm. So I did mention it. I thought I could. <laughs> yeah. Steve Grineski, a retired Minnesota State University Moorhead education professor who studies how North Dakota treated children with tuberculosis. That's got to be a That's so depressing. oddly specific, yeah. <laughs> Said that San Haven Sanatorium was one of the only facilities of its kind in the Midwest besides one in Minneapolis. Is now North Dakota's considered the Midwest? That was my thought. Interesting. I, you know, I had, I watched someone who's not from the Midwest. I think they were from Alabama draw out like sections on the u.s map saying you know this is east coast west coast midwest did not include us we're like the 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 heart of the midwest they circled like us and illinois and michigan i think they like circled our little tri-state just wisconsin and said don't know (laughs) i said (laughs) we're the midwest like because it goes over to ohio right Mm-hmm. I guess we're not the heart of it, but like, no, we're but not on the outskirts. I say Ope. 
Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> like that's one of our own. That's like one of our only personality traits here is we're the Midwest. That's true. That's true. Um, okay, he recently published this Graneski recently published an article on the subject in the Journal of the Northern Plains, a North Dakota history journal. It's, I'm sure it's a riveting read. Mm-hmm. He said it was fairly progressive for the Midwest. Open air was an important part of the healing process for patients at San Haven, including children who attended school and sometimes slept outside of the sanatorium. This is not uh, unheard of. Okay. It's hard for me to believe this, but I never read anything about a kid dying from pneumonia or the flu, so somehow it worked, he said. Or they didn't tell us which kids died from cold weather, which seems more like that, yes. (laughs) Early on, he said children and adults were cared for together at San Haven, but eventually a standalone building and programming for children was created, which I talked about. In the late 1950s, patients from Grafton State School, an institution for the intellectually and developmentally disabled people, were transferred to San Haven. In 73, I covered all this. However, in 1982, the organization known as ARC uh, filed a lawsuit. (laughs) I threw up in my mouth. Oh, God. It's okay. Uh, Art claimed that the facilities at both locations were harsh and cold and there was not enough staff to oversee individualized plans for each resident and programs for administering drugs and serving meals was non-existent. Okay. I mean, I believe all of that. I feel like that's, you hear it constantly. mm -hmm. Uh, Understaffed, underpaid, so -hmm. nobody cares to do their job. You know, they're tired. They're worn out. A tale as old as time. Taking it out on their patients. Still happening. I recently saw a video from um, a nursing home where this great-grandmother, she's like 90-something years old, and these four nurses were charged um, because the family just knew something weird was going on. Mm -hmm. So they put a picture frame in her room but it was like it had a camera in it yeah and so they were being sneaky and it's like you see them hitting her with the pillows and like holding they like change her like a infant but like it's really humiliating for her like they grabbed her by her ankles ripped her up and they're like wiping her and smacking her around while they're cleaning her up and like it was hard to watch yeah and that's happening now right now that's so disgusting i'm sorry i'm sorry but like she would try to sit up and they'd push her back by her chest our grandmother was 93 92 she was 90s when she passed away yeah can you picture someone pushing grandma evelyn down that by would her be, chest that would be the end of grandma yeah the fact and this woman held on i mean she she didn't pass away then i think they moved her out after they got enough evidence um and for nurses were charged it's not why do i feel like it's also a trope that the worst people that do not care about other humans are the people that get the jobs that care for humans nurses like uh, i'm sorry that's i feel really bad obviously not all of them i'm not giving a pass to healthcare workers but when you're understaffed underpaid overworked which god help me i hate hearing that but like i know what happens place some people you know cry wolf and it's not the case but for some of these these jobs are hard and it's hard for people to keep them long no, term it is but i could i can just i can't wrap my head around ever 
finding myself like in that kind of position like how how do you get so burnt out and so if i find i don't know so toxic that that's what you do and you don't the day i find myself smacking a patient even if it's just with a pillow or i find myself like aggressively pushing them down i would probably go home from work that day and cry and be like i gotta get a new job yes (laughs) like i gotta gotta like they do that and they sleep at night They're, they're not anymore hopefully yeah jesus it was just it was hard to watch dude anyway so yeah they they so they sued them for not taking care there was no real uh program in place for giving their medications or serving meals or anything like they're just is all willy-nilly up in here mm-hmm. arc did win the lawsuit and the state was required to improve conditions now get this they were required to improve the conditions of grafton state school locations by, and that was in 1982. By 1989, Sandhaven was closed. <laughs> yeah, so they said, we'd rather fail. We tried. We tried. We tried our best, which means we didn't And then it, it was sold to the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians in 91. The buildings at Sandhaven, though damaged, still stand, at least for now. In May of 2021, so relatively recent, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announced that the Turtle Mountain Band of Chippewa Indians were awarded a $500,000 Brownsfield grant to clean clean up the site. So, wow. Interesting. Uh, It was, so the building is contaminated with asbestos, lead, other contaminants, so it was supposed to help clean that up. According to the EPA announcement, the tribe plans to redevelop Sandhaven into a new housing development and campground after the buildings are demolished. Okay. I was going to say, uh, absolutely no way. (laughs) No way. Yeah. So it's to clean up the toxins. Yet they have, the buildings have to come down, but they're going to clean up the toxins and the ground and stuff and rebuild. So Mm -hmm. cool for that. So are there spirits at Sandhaven? You're asking yourself. Many died and suffered at Sandhaven Haven in its long history, and Wendy Kimball, a co-founder and lead investigator of Paranormal Investigators of North Dakota, says Sandhaven is full of spirits. Hmm. So the shortened the acronym of that is PIND, P-I-N-D. I was doing the math in my mm-hmm. head. Is an organization based in Minot or Minot? Mino. Okay. That conducts paranormal investigations for home and business owners. I said that very confidently. I've never heard of this place and I've never been there, but it's that's to me very, Mm -hmm. it's Mino, like Pino. Uh, That's what I was thinking, yeah. And I don't know when this article was written, but it says the organization was started about six years ago from the writing of this article. She says, um, Wendy says, we travel around North Dakota helping those who have passed and those living as well. We try to validate what business and homeowners are experiencing. Good for you guys. Kimball said investigations are very scientific, which to the outsider, you're probably laughing like, ha ghost and science. It's like, no, no. Right. First, the team rules out any physical explanations that could explain what someone is experiencing, then uses electromagnetic field detectors to sense spikes of energy and seek out any physical items that could cause those energy spikes. So they do what we do. I yeah. mean, this person writing this article is just spelling it out yes, for those who yeah. don't know. Then investigators will usually leave the building until late at night when they return with thermal cameras, night vision cameras, recorders, and other equipment. Kimball said paranormal investigators generally don't use the term ghosts to describe paranormal energies. Spirits? 
All the things that we connect with are just people in another realm, on another realm. Mm -hmm. And we consider that to be the spirit, the energy of a person. Did I not just say spirit energy? Yep. Kimball said she has been able to pick up on these spirits from a young age. Pinned has not formally investigated Sandhaven, but Kimball said she visited the property a few years ago with a friend who had proper authorization to be there. It seemed like around every corner you could sense the energy of someone that had passed at the sanatorium. On the lower level of the main building, she recalls encountering a tall, slender, and dark presence, (sighs) which she described as intimidating, I can imagine. Mm -hmm. In a smaller building, she said she encountered the spirit of a young girl searching for her mother. Okay. Through my training, I was able to connect her to her mother and help her move on. So if you didn't come across that. Too bad. On these investigations, we do try to help at try and help move those spirits that are lost or don't necessarily realize that they've passed on, which we've talked about before. That's usually a residual haunting. Mm -hmm. While Ghost Adventures focused its Sanhaven episode on Satan worship and evil rituals, Kimball said Sanhaven is not that sinister. (laughs) Okay. These spirits aren't evil satanic demons, she said. It's just people who've lost their lives and just want respect. Mm -hmm. Don't we all? The end, and that's what I have as far as her story. Okay. So hopefully I didn't step on too many toes. No, not really. Okay. Um, so I have, I think the trend lately has been we find an investigation and we go with it and live vicariously through these people. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is what I've done. Excellent. And the group that I have decided to cover this time is the Paranormal Files, who we've come across before, the dad oh. and son combo of Colin and Jeff. You've covered them. See, I have. I, yeah, it was like a lighthouse. I feel like me and a, you gravitate to the same investigators. I, yeah, as, so. <laughs> as soon as I saw that name, because I did enjoy. I think it was a lighthouse, like I'm, or like an island. Yeah, it might have been a yeah. whole island. Um, I don't know how loud this is going to be, but I have to lift this up. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, whatever. You just sit like a banana, like you normally do. I'm trying not to. <laughs> new year, new me. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I was sitting like a banana and I realized it about halfway through, but then I was like hunched over. Anyway, it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Um, But I liked their investigation at this island. uh, So when I saw their name again, I was like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) So it was Colin and Jeff, and this time they actually had a guest who her name was Peyton. And apparently they met through... Just like, I think they were out to eat or something. They were just like in passing. Mm-hmm. And she recognized him. So I will say this video is from three years ago. And okay. it was posted on July 4th of 2021. Now mm-hmm. think of all the time frames you gave me. And they mentioned something in the video how uh, it was May, middle of May, 2021. Okay. And you said in May of 2021 is when they got the grant to clean up or they started cleaning up the place they got a grant to clean it uh because you said that and i said oh really because uh in the video it is trashed Mm -mm. this place is completely trashed but i wonder if they hadn't started pull because they mentioned in the video how uh they had pulled all the asbestos and basically pulled it down to the studs or less than and Uh how this building is not structurally they actually i think they made a comment saying they're they're going to be the last investigation and then you said it was in um september of 2021 that the police like blocked it off off and said it is no longer safe 
Yeah. Yeah. They were saying in the video, they're like, not to be overdramatic, but we're like low-key risking our lives because this is not a structurally sound building in the sl- There's random up, holes everywhere and like the ca- the ceilings are caving in. And mm-hmm. Well, it, in 2001 is when that kid died, fell down. And now it could just be yes. he didn't, they didn't have a light. They didn't specify gender, but that they weren't using a flashlight or didn't. Oh yeah, because the they right took direction. they showed videos. If they were in certain areas of the building, especially at nighttime, it's pitch black, mm-hmm. like not one little light. Because there's no windows or anything Mm-mm. in yeah. in areas. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, uh, she had recognized him. They must have been doing this for a long time, because even though this video is three years old, he said we met like two or three years ago. She recognized me from doing the paranormal stuff, and he's like, she was one of the first people to recognize me, and that's a cool feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And they'd been in contact, but this is actually her first time investigating with them and her first investigation period. Mm-hmm. I'm smiling because I remember the first time. Not that we go out and people recognize our face because they don't. It's our voices. Yeah. But yeah. I've had people where they're like, you know, I listen to the podcast and mm-hmm. they're like, it's so weird to see you. No, I <laughs> no, I have had someone who I don't know personally that I don't have mutuals with that came into my work and said something about they were like, are you the one with the podcast? I said, yes. And. She said that this was oh, a, a woman who's in like her 40s or so uh-huh. who said that uh, a group of friends of hers were talking about it and said that they were that one of them worked at the coffee shop and that they should give it a listen because it'd be right up her alley. And it's like this group of older women who were so. listening. Uh, I say older. They're not that much older, but uh, <laughs> realizing we're in our Yeah, 30s. just like they were like, oh, one of them works at the coffee shop that you go to. You should ask about it. And like talking in groups i don't know it's just a weird uh yeah. thing it was a weird moment it's happened a couple times where someone's like are you the podcast person <laughs> yeah well yes. then when she was very excitedly talking to me about it someone off in the back that was waiting for their drink was like when the conversation was over <laughs> no he like leaned over and went what was the name of it again and i was like oh my god uh so weird my one celebrity moment i'm sure i'll get uh, but anyway, I'm gonna ride that high till the end of this of this uh, decade, probably. Pretty, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, any hoot. Uh, so it's Colin, Jeff, and Peyton who are doing this investigation, and like I'll go ahead and say now, it was a two night thing mm-hmm. that they did. Oh, okay. Uh, the whole video starts with Colin interviewing actually an old employee of the sanatorium, uh, who she started working there in 1969. So, and she worked had to have worked through the. Uh, unless she left right away, had to have worked through the transition from just a tuberculosis center to, to the, the Grafton school. school, yeah. yeah. Um, but she said she didn't recall experiencing any kind of paranormal stuff herself. Um, she did recall a little girl who has, she said, oh gosh, I, I, she's passed away now, I think. Uh, yes. You think? <laughs> well, that's, I... I think she got, I think it was a girl with tuberculosis, but mm-hmm. she may have gotten better because she talks about how she left. Okay. But like, it's just interesting because you said that the, in the pinned group, the, the one, Kimball mm-hmm. said that they found the spirit of a little girl looking for her mom. Okay. Uh-huh. That's why I went, interesting, because she recalled a little girl that has now since passed away that was a patient at the time uh, that had experienced what they think now are paranormal things. The little girl did? 
Yes. Oh, okay. Because she said, the woman that's being interviewed said that the girl got visits from her mother, uh, like, because her mom could come and visit her, but when she had to leave, the girl would get very upset and cry. Uh, yeah. And when her mom would leave and she was upset, this nurse would show up and she said, apparently she always announced herself by saying peekaboo and like oh. jumping in the room <laughs> yeah. and it would like make the girl laugh and they would play and she would make her feel better about her mom having leaving and not being able to see her all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, the woman, so the woman being interviewed said that when the girl was ready to go home, she wanted to find the nurse that played with her and say goodbye. Like, even said by name, like, I want to find nurse so-and-so mm-hmm. uh, for doing what she did for me. And the other nurses were like, nobody works here by that name. Shut up. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if there's any kind of, like, feverish dream stuff, hallucinations that happen if you have tuberculosis. But, yeah, she, like, vividly recalled this nurse and wanted to say goodbye. And they're like, we don't know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm thinking tuberculosis, it it comes along with fever, right? Possibly. I really so, don't. Like, this is something I'm very ignorant to. Well, if they put them out in the cold to lower body temp. I don't know. If you get so hot, you do start, like, hallucinating. It's That's called like, a fever dream for a reason. Right. Or mirages when you think of someone just sweating to death out in the desert. That That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, I said... I wanted to go ahead and, you know how we do the let's make things worse than they actually are oh, thing. We're going to start that early. Good. Because um, I had a thought that maybe this wasn't a paranormal experience. Like maybe even though they're like, oh, we don't have a nurse by that name. We don't know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it was a real person mm-hmm. who was imitating a nurse. Like a patient? Yes. <gasps> yeah. Uh, to try to get close to the girl. The woman being interviewed said she started working there in 1969. So maybe at this point they had started to merge the mentally ill patients in as well. And maybe this was one of those patients roaming around impersonating a nurse. Uh, And I said, or maybe I've seen too many movies. Oh, well, you know, (sighs) I don't want to have too many segues, but I did did the same thing. Like I'm reading a book and I'm like, I think I read too much. All right. Yeah. I've seen too many movies. I've... (laughs) Too many true crimes. Yeah, honestly, I we've talked about how we're numb to things now. Mm-hmm. Like, what? It, a, recently, I finally watched. God, I watched Saltburn. Finally, uh, yep. recently, I've not. I've not watched it yet. Um, I don't know. I was from what people said and what like reviews were said. I was expecting something crazy that was going to like kind of unsettle me and mm-hmm. um, ups upset me. Um. I don't know, just some of the content. I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch it. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it very well. Mm-hmm. It was pretty tame. Mm-hmm. Like, I, the things that happened in it are not normal and were pretty outlandish. But, like, I was like, maybe I've just seen too much. But it really just <laughs> did not bother me the way that Expecting, I like, thought it would bother me. Mid-core. <laughs> I, like, just some weird stuff that I, I don't want to get into it. But the point is, like, I really thought I was going to be uncomfortable and have to turn it off in the middle. And I was, I got all the way to the end. I was like, uh, yep, yeah, that's a movie. Mm-hmm. So, well, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it could have been a patient, maybe. Excellent. Yeah, that's, so there you go. That's my one. Uh, they finish the interview and Colin starts to talk about, talk about the interview to the camera. But he's really, like, 
he's not really here. Like, he's kind of out of it. And it seems like the building is already sort of affecting him. Um, he was almost unintelligible. I don't know how to say it. He just kept kind of trailing off and not really finishing thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, before he even started saying anything, was just then very confidently like, uh, my mouth is really dry. I feel really dehydrated. And he said that the interview was really hard to get through because, quote, I'm just here, you know? And then he just, like, stared off in the distance, and his dad was like, what do you mean by here? He's like, yeah. you know, just, like, the the place. It's, he, like, the, the vibe. And he's like, yeah, sure. Like, he was just really odd. I have so many gosh darn segues. It's I, like a two-sentence <laughs> horror stories thing. It wasn't necessarily that. But it kind of was. I saw a picture. It reminds me of a picture I saw earlier where it said, I started falling asleep, and I looked at my hands and realized this wasn't my body. And I'm like, that was it. That was the post. Say it one more like, time. I started falling asleep. I started drifting. I looked at my hands. I realized this isn't my body. Weird. So like yucky. two two sentence horror stories. Yeah, I love those things. I said, yeah, he just was unsettling. like, he just stare was staring out into the woods, and he's like, I'm just here, you know, and just had nothing more to say on. It the made matter. me think of that for some reason. I don't know why, but go on. Well, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so I said also maybe not weird, but the whole time Jeff is filming Colin, literally the only thing on camera that is not in focus is Colin. Like oh. he is very blurry and the rest of the shot is perfectly fine. And never Is he it in the foreground or I mean, is he the main focus yes, on the camera? He's centered. He is probably like, you know, six to eight feet away, like a normal distance. But on the camera, he's from his waist up. And he's centered on the screen and he is not focused at any point during this interaction. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, night one. They go back to the building that... So, I'll be honest. It's These notes are a little bit lengthy. I was trying to decide if I was going to cut things. I think we're just going to deal with it and I'm going to read it and we're going to see what happens. Cool. <laughs> Sorry uh, I went so long. <laughs> so they, no, it's fine. When they got back to the building that night, they had to wait. They got there and there was a car out front. They were pulling up. They came around the bend and there's a car. And they were like, mm-hmm. hello. But they had authority to be there, right? Yes. Yeah. They went through the proper, yeah, we'll get so there. So you can be like, get out. Well, they didn't want, because they're like, we don't know who's in there. We don't know what they're doing. What if we startle them? What if they, like, they're trying to look for movement and they do eventually see uh, flashlights and stuff but they also see like I think another car shows up and a bunch of teenagers come stumbling out like one of them just falls face first on the ground they got it on camera oh, like great. they're obviously drunk and belligerent and they're like honestly I we don't really feel safe approaching them being in this state like we don't know how they're gonna act That's like true. they are just kids it turns out that night was prom so oh, great mm-hmm. well God, hopefully, did they, like, tell the kids, shoo? Uh, they didn't, but we'll get there. Because, truthfully, they probably saved a life that night. Drunk kids wandering around that building, are you kidding me? I might, I'm gonna, I'll just tell you the point now, um, or I'll tell you the end of this saga now, which is, eventually, the cops show up and actually stop Jeff and Colin and Peyton, and they're like, I'm sorry, but you can't be here, and they're like, you're, you don't understand, like, we can be here, they can't be here, Yeah. and they had to explain to them that they had the right to be there, and then explain the kids, and the cop was like, he seemed not surprised, he went, oh, okay, and 
mm-hmm. got the kids out of there eventually. Okay. Uh, but it took a while uh, because, anyway, they didn't seem annoyed. They were being, like, very, I guess, professional about it. I would have been annoyed. I'd be like, for God's sake, me, me, get out of here, like, mm-hmm. honking the horn. Um. Also, he said he was... I said the real nightmare in this story is that Colin said he was covered in ticks by the end of the... Yeah, I know. I'd rather die. Oh, God. So, any hoot. They actually had to start at one of the residence halls because the kids were in the main building and they were not coming out. And they were just, like, crawling around. <laughs> Even so the police were, like... The police weren't there yet. I said I jumped oh, ahead okay. to the end of that story. Okay. Uh, so, they're like, we're going to go to the residence hall while the kids just poop around the main building and hopefully they leave soon. Uh, because they weren't sure if they would be violent or belligerent, whatever. Right. So, and while they're trying to walk around the residence hall, like they're stopping to film and do like REM pod sessions and it's quiet. And then you hear firecrackers going off in the main building. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, if it were us, I know I would have just like stopped and been like, they got to go because it was just so much saturation. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. They were walking the building, the, the resident building, trying to get a feeling for it. At one point, there was sort of a distant, like, yell or scream. And it, I'm not, I don't mean, like, the kids. Like, it sounded like it was in the building, but muffled. Oh, okay. So, that was kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Um, they started a REM pod session and immediately hear footsteps in the woods heading their way. And they're the like, kids. these freaking kids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so after asking if anyone was there, the REM pod, like, kind of, like, revved up and then held a really long, solid note, and they were like, all right, so maybe somebody's here. Mm-hmm. Um, but they decided to move the session because the footsteps kept getting close. Like, they could hear the footsteps coming. They're like, oh, we gotta, you know, do something about this. So when they go to grab the equipment, Jeff focused the camera and looked out, and he said he could still see the kids at the main building. Mm-hmm. So, and no voices or anything. But they didn't question the footsteps. He's like, oh, I still see them. They're still pretty far away. But they heard footsteps. Yeah. So, okay. I I don't know. Anyway, they stayed in another room for like 20 minutes with zero activity. Uh-huh. Mm. And then there were car horns. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I said, I put in grave encounters. We have a right to be here and you don't. Like, I hate <laughs> Dallas. But that's how I felt in that moment. Oh, is that the... Uh, we have a permit. We I know I'm talking the one who's like conjuring yeah. the spirits. Manifest yourself. <laughs> yeah, Dallas. Was his uh, name? I think so, yeah. Houston. Is he- <laughs> <laughs> I know that's one of them. He's one of those guys. Dunseeth. <laughs> was it Houston? gosh darn it it was one of those cities yeah he was a city i always wanted to say dallas so i think it's houston he's uh i don't know i'm trying anyway he's like the medium who's uh you know a bunch of crap he's a liar but anyway look it up just because it's gonna make me mad in grave encounters when spooky things start happening instead of being like oh my gosh ghosts like they you just have to watch grave encounters but <laughs> the so whole good. thing is supposed to be fake so when they start having activity they're like it must be some kids and he starts yelling he's like we've got a permit and you don't and they're like shut up houston <laughs> <laughs> i don't it, it's houston okay <laughs> uh well anyway while asking for spirits to contact and then in the next room the camera picks up a quiet voice saying away so and i like i heard that one pretty clear there's not much happening but like those things i heard uh-huh 
Um, honestly, the resident building was nothing exciting. They really didn't have anything. Um, they just wanted to head to the main building and kick out the kids. And that's when the police officer shows up, kicks them out. All is well. Mm -hmm. So their initial feeling upon getting to the main building was also pretty calm. Like in the resident hall, they were like, I don't feel it. He's like, honestly, I feel like I could lay down and take a nap right now. I don't feel any. And we've been there. I've felt there before. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) And I feel like the kids had a lot to do with it. And now they get to the main building and they're like, he's like, honestly, I felt like crap in front of the building earlier today. Right now, he's like, I don't feel anything. Like, I don't feel nervous about walking in. Well, okay. So... I think about when we went to Edna Collins and it's spooky as heck. But the one time we went there and there were kids partying under the bridge, all of a sudden it didn't feel like a spooky bridge. No, it really, it really puts a damper on things. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, uh, oh, their initial feeling upon getting into the main building was calm. There, there are a couple of unexplained noises as they walk through, which nothing really crazy though. They're stopping and doing sessions, REM pod, ovulus, whatever, and just not, not a lot happening. Uh Uh-huh. As they're walking up some stairs, it a quiet voice comes through and says, don't. No, I know. It's like a quiet. These are all whispers, but it's weird. It's like, don't. But it whispers it like pretty harshly, uh-huh. um, which nobody reacts to. None of them hear. And then literally right as it says, don't, Colin looks at, at Peyton and laughs. He's like, you're standing on a standing on a sigil. Ha, ha, ha. And she was. She was standing on a pentacle with a sigil on it. Oh. And that was when this, the thing said, don't. Like, don't stand there, B. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Which that, I wanted to say, I hate when people are like, satanic ritual, blah, blah, blah. And what they see, they're like, look at all these pentagrams. They're probably not pentagrams. They're probably pentacles. And there's a big difference. Yeah, look it up, sweaty. Yeah, pentacles. If it has a circle around it, it's a pentacle. And that's used for safety, prosperity. Mm-hmm. Like, it's actually a good thing right if you're familiar with the tarot that's probably where you're gonna see it the most is... yeah, it's used a lot in monetary stuff for tarot but it's really mm-hmm. like a protective thing yeah so look, look it up sweaty <laughs> anyway uh they try a connect and rem pod session and for 23 minutes they get nothing they try the next floor and hand Peyton the ovelis which immediately said william daddy oh yeah they said "Ooh, you mean zaddy they said they're like "Ooh, are you horny who's daddy william <laughs> it didn't answer so whatever oh i was gonna, like like trying vi- to think of a a sexy william. well honestly they <laughs> panned over and there was uh, a weenie graffitiing on the wall i'm said william no william. <laughs> <laughs> no that's i feel bad but like a lot of the graffiti in there was really stupid lots of n-words uh, lots of weenies. That's what was at, um, oh, the one, the electric bridge we went to. Oh. Remember there was a bunch of like KKK and stuff. Oh, I was like, yeah. It was Christ. weird. It was like in the middle of the road. Yeah. Yeah. N- middle of nowhere. Um, and something you just said a second ago, wiener. Uh, <laughs> I said, William. And, Mm. uh they said oh are you oh who's daddy william did you watch a full 20 minutes of nothing no they fast forwarded okay it literally had a caption that said we captured literally nothing for 23 minutes okay that's why i want to know because i'm like how long did you watch this before you're like i need to find something else i would have been miserable no they even knew because at this point you can tell like the vibe is so off that when it says william daddy they're like "Ooh, are you horny who's william dad or daddy william like they're being very 
it, there's nothing. There's not yeah. a dang thing. Heck. Um, and then Colin asks if there's anyone that is at the sanatorium. He's like, is there anyone here at all? <laughs> and there was a moment of silence. And then the obelisk says, bacon. And they're that, and they're like, we're done. Even like the this obelisk is so stupid. Is like I'm hungry, dude. Is there and they're a like, wait, house? Are, they're like, wait, are we in the cafeteria though? And that was the only. They're like, I think so. So right, uh, um, take me to the nearest Waffle House, please. All right, so night one, big old bust, not a dang thing, nothing other than what I told you, nothing. Man, that's um, got to be devastating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second night, they're going to explore a new building that people say satanic rituals happened in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and has it's the building that has potentially the most dark energy of any of the buildings. Oh. It was just another like living situation. Um, demons were supposedly summoned there. Watch gra- Grave Encounters. Ghost Adventures, <laughs> it'll tell you. Um, and night two is just Colin and Jeff. I mean, I don't doubt that there are probably some amateur kids who looked up, uh, or amateur, uh, I don't know what I want to call them, but people who looked up demon satanic rituals and they're like, hey, I found some bones in the woods. Well, like, again, (laughs) people see things that they don't understand and they're immediately like, witch or like Satan and because they'll see, you know, the sticks and twigs and stuff tied together and pentacles. And it's like a lot of those things are just like prayer symbols. Didn't we cover that? Um, shoot. I can't remember where it was that we covered it, but they're like, Oh no, Satan. And we're like, or it could be a protection. Cause it was when everything was going in a circle. It's you covered the experience on it. Oh, uh, that was in the middle of the desert. I thought that New Um, Mexico, maybe, maybe, Oh, Arizona, gosh, maybe. Well, no, no not Arizona. Because no, that'd been the beginning. It would have been towards the end. Wyoming, Wyoming, maybe. Oh, sorry, I got rid. Wyoming. <laughs> anyway, it's it was like a plateau because they also almost walked off the edge. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so night two is just Colin and Jeff. I took not a ton of notes on this at first because honestly, for the first chunk in the building that they're like, this is the darkest energy on the whole campus. Not, nothing really. Mm-hmm. Um, except, so I thought I got clickbaited and I was very mad because the second night started and they're like, honestly, one of the, it starts by saying one of the scariest things in our investigation up until this point happened on this night. They're like, literally the scariest thing. I said, here we go. I got clickbaited. Something scary did happen, but it was not paranormal. They were in this building. Long story short, nothing happened. Uh-huh. Um, and then they were walking out and they heard like a rustle in the woods. Oh, my worst fear. Uh, yeah. So that, that's, we've talked about plenty of times that honestly, the real world stuff scares me more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they shine their flashlight over to see what is making the rustling. And then they hear squealing. It's wild boars. <gasps> no, those can kill you. They will tear you to oh shreds. Oh my God, get but out of there. All you hear is Colin go, Jeff, Jeff, run. And he takes off. And I don't know why Jeff is at, moving at a snail's pace. He's like, wait, wait, Colin, wait. And he's turning and like trying to pan the camera over to see what's in the woods. And Colin's like, run, dad. Right, Jesus. Um, because they do get in the car and they like, they jump in the car and hide in there for a little bit. And they're like, wild boar. They looked it up. And it's funny because it says when they searched it, it said wild boars tend to attack men who are walking alone. What the heck? That's like that's their main target. Uh. And they said when you see a wild boar, 
uh, be calm. Don't move quickly. Don't try to feed them. And he's like, oh, really? You don't say. Yeah. He's like, so basically we did nothing right except not feed them. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. Oh, I dropped my butterfinger. I did feed them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, it's, so I was like, did I really just get clickbaited? Because honestly, this was at the halfway, if not further than the halfway point of the second night. Mm. And I was starting to get mad. Uh-huh. And I really thought I had nothing here. Um, but yeah, wild boars are no joke. No. Y'all, like, it was either, like, wild feral pigs or hogs or boars. Either way, they will eat you till there is nothing left. I remember reading the article about the woman who, she was, like, a living nurse, was showing up to her patient's house at, like, this 6 This It's never left my mind. I know. I can't. I want to say it was somewhere like North Dakota. She got out of her car. It I was 6 a.m. The sun wasn't quite up yet, and mm-hmm. she got attacked by wild boars, and her patient's like, my nurse never got here. Yeah, and I think they said she was, what, eight feet from the door? Yeah. She was within getting within arm's reach when a pack of wild boars got her and ate her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look that up, because I remember, I mean, it came all the way here to Terre Haute, Indiana. We read it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm never leaving my house. I know. House. I was, I can't. I'm already scared of animals. Like, I can't. <laughs> anyway, so something else that this campus has is, I also think, kind of par for the course, it has tunnels between all the buildings that connect them mm-hmm. so that when patients passed, they could wheel them through the tunnels and be discreet. Yep. And... They say that those are also, so aside from being the dark energy and the demonic presence and stuff, they said that the tunnels are probably the most haunted, yep. which makes sense. You're wheeling a lot of dead bodies through there. Mm-hmm. Um, at a point they're walking, all I could think of was spiders on the ceiling. Like I can't <laughs> just go to Indiana State Sanatorium episode and just know, just listen to that because this episode is getting kind of long. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Um that was the skin. Oh, it makes my skin crawl thinking about it. But anyway, <laughs> the ceiling, they must be either really tall or these tunnels must be very short because I don't think they had a foot of headroom above them. That's why I'm like, if there were spiders on that ceiling, I would die. I'd turn a turtle so fast. <laughs> yes. Um, but they're walking through it uh, using a Kinect camera, uh, EVP, and just camera in general mm-hmm. there's what? one well, i almost made it well no, and there's two yeah <laughs> it comes in waves anyway as they're walking at a point i don't know when it happened but it went from just like a flat tunnel ground to it looks like someone just ground pounded the ground and the whole floor like it caved it like popped up in the middle to a peak and like the whole floor is split in half and now it comes to a peak in the middle and you have to like walk at an angle oh. with your like basically gliding against the wall like you have to choose a side there is no walking flat anymore oh okay and as they hit that point the ovelist now speaks up for the first time in a while and says broken and they're like, you're yes. darn tootin'. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Like, it was honestly broken enough that they considered not walking on it because it just kept getting... It was, like, essentially rubble by the time they decided to turn around. It was getting unsafe again. Okay. So, I said this is really actually interesting to me. If it's not interesting to anybody else, I don't care. <laughs> uh, and even if, if it's silly, 
I think what happened in these next moments is like a very long, prolonged conversation with a spirit that they didn't know until the end. Mm-hmm. So, and it's nothing like super scary or anything like that, but it was just one of those moments where they were like, hello. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, the obelisk is the most active thing down here at this point. And it's saying seemingly random things. Uh, it has said broken at a point. It said dug like D U G. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, they dug tunnels. Um, then it said grand. And we're like, I mean, they're expansive tunnels. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it said nothing. And they're like, I mean, I feel like we're not getting anything. You're right. Um, and I think they're like debating about turning around. And then the ovalist says expect. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what are we supposed to be expecting? And I... I said you could kind of find the relevance in all of the words by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and what did I say? Oh, the funny thing is when the words are said on the ovalist, I don't know if you've seen an ovalist screen, but they like scroll by and on theirs, you only see three words at a time. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like the newest word pushes the next word down. Mm-hmm. So the phrase, the, the, you read it from top to bottom newest to oldest mm-hmm. so now when it says expect what the ovalist screen says is expect nothing grand oh okay and they were like is that what you were trying to tell us the whole dang time like <laughs> yeah like i said it's nothing it's not this crazy revelation thing but i was it really said you looked at it and said expect nothing grand and so like, it was like talking backwards yeah hmm. to me because it really was it wasn't anything like super crazy and they're like well you could have said that sooner like yeah we didn't yeah okay anyway so they're still trying to get spirits to talk to them um especially in a tunnel where dead bodies are transported from building to building to be more discreet and after a few moments of silence a very breathy quiet but to me like super clear male voice goes go Mm. like it just holds it like, actually, that was pretty darn close. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but it was more like it felt more masculine because uh-huh. they were just like getting frustrated. And they're like trying to decide if they want to keep going. And then a voice apparently tells him and it says, go. Okay. And uh, actually, after a few moments, they do decide that they want to start heading back because it starts getting really rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, it's frustrating because there's obviously more tunnels, but we physically can't keep going. Right. Um. The ovalist pretty soon after they started heading back said, ready. And then there was this unexplained breath that happened, just like a basic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which at this point, like throughout the whole thing, they've been showing captions for anything that they've captured sound wise or what unexplained noises, uh, the go, the away, the what have you. Uh-huh. Uh, but to my surprise, when it said unexplained breath, uh, Jeff in real life gasps and goes, what was that? Oh. And uh, he's like, I don't know if this is going to be picked up on the camera, but I heard and then made the exact same breath noise. So he heard it knowing that neither of them made it in real time. And okay. that doesn't happen very often. Right. Um, so I thought that was cool. Uh, they start to feel uneasy and then for sure they're like, okay, we're heading back. And at one point... Uh, the ovalist said central and they stopped to see what it said. And right when Colin stopped, he like just looked at, looked to see what the ovalist said and looked up and looked to the left. And he said it was creepy because there was an arrow pointing back 
the way that they came from mm-hmm. with the words that read, do you see him? Mm. And he went, I don't like that. And they just kept going. Yeah. So right when they reached the entrance of the tunnel, the tablet for their connect died. But you could see that the external battery, like they have this whole setup, but the battery it was connected to had full bars you could see on the camera. He's like, look. Mm-hmm. And the battery was green, but on the screen it suddenly said battery critically low. Oh, okay. And he's like, uh, make a mental note to check that when we get back to see if it's actually dead or if the tunnels did something. Right. So they then stepped out of the tunnel. And they've had ambient lights around the grounds, partially for looks, for like B recording, B uh, roll. B yeah, roll. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also for practicality so they could like get around the grounds from place to place without getting lost. Right. And when they initially stepped into the tunnel, it's funny because he pans the camera around to like look outside because they thought they heard something and pans back. And the last thing you see before the door shuts to the tunnels are their lights, the red lights that they have uh, illuminated up against a wall. Mm -hmm. And when they stepped out, the lights were off. Good. And they can only be turned off by like a button switch on the on the like the contraption itself. They don't just time out. You have to like physically turn it off. So he walks up and flips the switch and they come back on, which means something Something. or someone flipped the switch. Hmm. Also, as they're walking over to check it out, you hear a creaking door kind of swinging. They're in the middle of the, they're outside in the open now. Yeah. And you hear what sounds like a creaking door swing open. And he looks where the sound comes from. And it's just a completely gutted out building with no doors. Oh. Oh. Uh, so they were calling out to see if anyone was out in the woods, and then very close by, coyotes start howling. That's a no for me, dog. That's they. He said, "Grab the stuff." He's like, "I said I don't care. Grab the stuff. Grab the stuff." And they just like scooped everything up in their arms and ran to the car because again, like the coyotes howled and then howled really loud, and they're mm. like, "He's like, okay, walk, we'll go." Yeah. Um, and then so they got back in the car and they're musing over things, and as they're driving away. They also noticed that the front door of the main building is now open, and they did not go in the main building that night. Ah. Gross. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, that's it. So, it was a long one. Um, but that's all I have. And it's not the most exciting, I'll be honest. I was about three quarters of the way through both of them, and I said this is getting a little... uh you know, lackluster. Right. Why'd you publish this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, there are some standout things, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, not a very exciting one. It all sort of happened in the end, and it was one of those, if you want to look at it this way, piecing all those pieces together at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I said, with the reading the ovalist backwards over the course of the whole trek through the tunnels, it gave them a sentence. Yeah. Backwards. Um, which, thanks to the ovalist, somehow read forwards. Uh... You know, the breaths and him hearing the breaths in real time and like the couple, no- the away, don't and go to me were really clear, especially the go when mm-hmm. they were like, should we leave? And it's like, go. Yep. <laughs> so, okay, we'll go. Um, I don't know. They said it start. they even said as they're driving away, they kind of just did some filming to finish up the video mm-hmm. where they're like, honestly, when we got here, just not a thing, not one thing. And they're like, by the end of the night, they're like, I have just this uneasy feeling. Like, I do not like the tunnels. I don't. It's just rough. I don't know. Maybe they're just watching. 
They don't want to interact. The ghosts are just, the spirits are. Yeah, I mean. Observing you, observing them. <laughs> yeah, it's seemed pretty tame. Um, but honestly, at, at this one in particular, it's the real life stuff that'll get you. Wild boars, dude. I cannot stress enough. I yeah. cannot stress enough. They heard that. And I was mad at how slow the camera man was moving. I was like, you're going to get, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Jeez Louise. <laughs> and then the ki- the coyote, coyote howling, like it happened at first. And I was like, I thought it was like a high pitched whir from some, uh, you know, techno, like piece of equipment that they had. Yeah. And then it like, I swear to God, I feel like you could hear them take a breath and go. <sighs> and then it was a loud howl. And they said, okay, all right, move. Let's move. Yeah. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Mm. <sighs> you know, and saying that out loud, me saying they're the spirits are just observing, that's almost a worse feeling than if they would have been You said that, and I said, who's watching? <laughs> like, that's why I was upset. I saw the look on your face. Because can you imagine if you could see the spirits that you're walking right past them, and they're just watching, watching you in the, watching in, them? It's silly. It's graffiti. But the, do you see him? Uh-huh. But- like, no. No. No, I don't. And no, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> also, there were probably spiders in there. Well, there's so many spiders yeah, and said, ticks. Yeah, he said twi- both times that they went out, he was just like covered in ticks. I have found a tick on my body three times. Sorry, I'm like feeling I myself <laughs> uh, Three times in my life I've had a tick on me, which tells you I'm not a country gal. <laughs> Um, I think I can only think of like one time off the top of my head that I've I, had a tick. I don't know how I got them. Um and two two of the three times it was on my freaking head and it was one of those i just like ran my hand through my hair and said oh i have like a scab or something and i scratched it and said no and i had to oh god i like (laughs) i would have just ripped my hair out yeah this is i was like sweating and crying the last time i got ticked because i had to have john get it off my head it was like right on the crown of my head and he had these tweezers i was like sobbing and shaking i was like get it off of me (laughs) (laughs) i this is like gross it's not tmi because it's just a body part but like i pretty certain i've only found a tick on my body one time Mm -hmm. uh and i was in the shower and i found it because i was bathing myself it was on my inner thigh I think I've had one on my thigh or like my butt. Mm-hmm. It was no, somewhere it was my, in my inner thigh and I was like, what is wrong with my leg? And I, all, I, God, if I was going to throw up, that would be the perfect time because I was already in the shower. It would go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I freaked out. Oh, I panicked. It was not, I'm, God, we have a little uh, tick remover and thingy on a set of keys somewhere. <laughs> I like hiking. I like going out into nature, but like, what is the point of you? Why do you exist? Yeah, they're disgusting. God oh, in heaven. All right. Well, this was a fun episode. Uh- <laughs> yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Um, I mean, it's one of those that it's like, you know, it mm-hmm. could have been better. And granted, like some people say it's really haunted and I could have used another source but truth be told i was already about two hours deep into this one and i was like i can't change this now like i was already i took so many notes uh yeah and by night two halfway through the notes i was like do i even want to keep going with this but i decided to so here we are so that just goes to show that there are some people who think it's super haunted uh ghost adventures yeah um and then there are people who have experiences that are not the same and i feel like it's all just uh, part of perception, part of if the spirits want to interact with you or not, mm-hmm. or however dramatic you are. Ghost adventures. Ghost adventures. 
Um, I forgot to do my random wheel picker before Gosh, I got here. It. So I am currently just scrolling up and down through a list of the U.S. states, not looking on my I phone. I see you making eye contact. But you see my, my finger just going, beep, yeah. beep, beep, beep. And I can yeah. see it at the, the cor- the, my peripherals here. Yes, yes. So I'm going to put my finger down and we're going to pick gonna a state. Am I going to tell you when to stop? Sure. Mm, we can't make the people wait for... Stop. Forever. Oh, I'm going to say that's where my finger landed. And? So, and we've not covered it yet in this new round. So next week. Why do I want to say California? I don't think that's right, though. It's not right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Next week, we're going to be in New Hampshire. Dangerously close to North Dakota, I see. I know. I I landed kind of in the middle Mm, there. New Hampshire. It was, I was more close to New Hampshire than Nevada, so I went New Hampshire. I, you know... Well, we only drove through New Hampshire, but I liked it. It was all right. Yeah, I'm not even sure what... Uh, I feel like if I were to name the 50 states, I would forget that one. <laughs> it's like this big, and Rhode Island is somehow smaller. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so New Hampshire, I'll, t- I'll have to remember to take it off my list next time that yeah. I normally use. <laughs> but uh, cool. I don't know what we'll be covering there, but I have experience. Mm. We do have one oh. more week, right? Uh, yes. We... Uh oh. Uh oh. We may be Jeez going Louise, somewhere. I don't know. What is? What would Thursday be? The twenty fifth. Oh my God! It's a first Thursday next oh week. Lord. We're not. We're not going to, to New Hampshire as okay, far as I'm concerned. So erase that. We're just gonna repick later. Yay! Yay. <laughs> I knew there was a reason I didn't pick. I'm gonna tell myself. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So we have to go somewhere for you guys. Yikes. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, oh, too much. Act- shoot, a lot. We'll talk after. Oh, for goodness <laughs> sakes. All right. Well, that's it. I guess we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> we'll see you somewhere. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Mixing, editing, and music is done by Kelsey Ingram. Our cover art is done by both of us. Visit our website at orsothesaypod.com. You can find links to our Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all at or so they say pod. If you would like to donate and have access to all of our evidence from our investigations, please visit patreon.com slash or so they say pod. You can donate as little as $1 to hear EVPs, watch haunting videos, and see photographic evidence we've gathered during our travels. You can also give a once-off donation to our PayPal, which will be linked on our website as well. Merchandise can be found at redbubble.com slash people slash or so they say pod. You can find or so they say on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. And when you do find us, please make sure to rate, review, follow, or subscribe. We and the algorithms will thank you for it. See you next week. week.